Maybe it'll work. There it is. Good to see you all here on this 48-degree morning right now. Uh, I know we're all a little cool this morning. Uh, so the first order of business is I've looked at the uh, weather for the next 10 days, and it said next Sunday is going to be like high of 71, but that's like mid-afternoon. Uh, and then the next Sunday after that is going to be a high of 64, which is 4 degrees colder than what it's supposed to be today. So, do we want to move to 11 so we're a little warmer? Yes, no, I... No? Everybody good with 10? All right, then we'll stay at 10. We're good. I just want to check to make sure so that we don't, you know, get out here and get too cold. Uh, so, awesome. We'll still stay at 10, so we don't have to worry about changing that. Uh, we have a trustees meeting today uh, at 2. Uh, so we can talk about some stuff that's going on at the Parsonage. Uh, and we're going to have a PPRC meeting November 8th. November 8th. Uh, so put that on your calendar um, for those who are on that committee. Um, like I said, we're still going to be meeting here at 10. Um, as always, if you want to uh, add flowers to the altar, you're welcome to. Um, you know, we've got all this space. So, you know, if we have multiple people do it on the same day, it's fine. No big deal. Um, but if you would like to do that, please feel free to do that. Are there any other announcements this morning? All right, seeing none, let us uh, open our service with prayer. So let us pray. Magnificent and Holy One, we long to know you better. As we make our way in this world, we search for signs that you are with us. Give us a glimpse of your glorious presence and show us your ways. May our lives ring out the marvelous message of your goodness, your mercy, and your love. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty.
thank you for that. Uh, we now take time to lift up our joys and our concerns, our prayers uh, for one another. Uh, continue to play, pray for Clarence uh, as he is still in the hospital. He's doing a little better, still weak, uh, but we still need to pray for him. And Shirley, who's been there uh, all week, un unexpectedly all week, so continue to uh, pray for her as well. Uh, also, we have um, Bill Bold Jr. that was added to the list uh, th late this week. Um, he didn't make it to the list that I sent out this morning, um, so uh, be aware of that name. Uh, are there any others to add this morning? Yes. Fran Parkinson. Others. We got a friend of Jana's dad passed away and an uncle that is very sick. So remember those as well. God knows their names. Any others this morning? Well, let us go to God in prayer. This morning, the prayer uh, comes from uh, Jenny Adams uh, from the Church of, of Scotland's Starters for Sunday website. So let us pray this morning. Servant God, be with those who are not seen and heard in the world because of their gender or age, their caste or race, their sexuality or lifestyle, their poverty or history. Open our ears and eyes to hear and see all people as yours. God of little children, be with all children, wherever they live, whoever their parents are, whatever their needs, that they would be all be welcomed and nourished, enabled to be all you want them to be. Open our hearts and arms to welcome all your children. God of love, be with all who live with fear, Fear of saying the wrong thing. Fear of being labeled. Fear of themselves or others. Fear of you. Open us all to your endless love that it might drive out fear. Teacher God, be with us all as we struggle to make sense of your world and your word as your church, in our communities, as your disciples. Open our minds and hearts to learn from you. God of all, Father, Son, and Spirit, hear our prayers, both spoken and unspoken, offered from the darkness and hope of our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
we continue to thank all who continue to support uh, the missions here at the church. Uh, they continue to support uh, through their donations, through their offerings, through their time. Uh, we are always thankful for everything uh, that everyone does for that. So this morning, let me offer this prayer for our offerings and gifts that we have given. Let us pray. These offerings represent only a part of what we owe you. Our currency bears the imprint of worldly powers, but we bear the holy image you inscribe on our hearts. All that we have and all that we are belong to you, O God. As we give these gifts and ourselves freely to you, may other, others know your goodness and your love through our offerings. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from Matthew chapter 22. And we continue from where we left off last week. And we start at verse 15 and go through 22. So now hear the gospel according to Matthew through foggy glasses. Then the Pharisees met together to find a way to trap Jesus in his words. They sent their disciples, along with the supporters of Herod, to him. Teacher, they said, we know that you are genuine and that you teach God's way as it really is. We know that you are not swayed by people's opinions because you don't show favoritism. So tell us what you think. Does the law allow people to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Knowing their evil motives, Jesus replied, Why do you test me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used to pay the tax. And they brought him a denarian. Whose image and inscription is this, he asked. Caesar's, they replied. Then Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. And when they heard this, they were astonished, and they departed. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we are gathered in your beautiful creation, on this cool, brisk morning, Open our hearts and our eyes. And may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we continue, like I said, in the story of Jesus in the temple and the leaders, the elders, the Pharisees, the chief priests, trying to trap him. Jesus has just finished answering their question with parables about whose authority he has. And after this, the leaders, the Pharisee leaders, and the Herodian, I can't say it, the followers of Herod, I'm just going to say it that way. I knew I was going to get tongue-tied this morning. So the followers of Herod, those who believed Herod was the one to follow, got together, 
to figure out how to trap Jesus. But we must understand this relationship. These two groups would not have been allies. They would have been sworn enemies of one another. But here, here because they both wanted the same thing, which is to get rid of Jesus, they decided to get together. So this relationship was made out of fear to try to take care of an enemy that they had in common. They were afraid of Jesus causing an uprising within the lower class, those who were oppressed by the church and the government, those that were enslaved by the government, and those that were persecuted by the church and the government. So they got together and said, we've got to trap Jesus and discredit him and find out how we can arrest him. So they devised the one question they could think that would either way get him arrested by the government and discredit him to the people. So they asked, does the law, the law of Moses, allow people to pay taxes to Caesar which is the government, or not. Now, Jesus knew this was a loaded question, just as those who asked it knew it was a loaded question. Now, Douglas Hare says this about this passage, that paying taxes to Caesar acknowledges that he is the rightful owner of the land, even though the law of Moses says that only God is the rightful owner. So, according to the law of Moses, it is wrong to pay taxes to the Roman government. Also, paying taxes is wildly unpopular to the people of this time. It is not only an economic hardship, but it is also symbolic of the oppression of the Roman rule. But, not paying taxes is illegal, and inciting others to not pay is grounds arrest. So they knew that if Jesus said to pay taxes, the, the people of the church were going to be mad at him because it wasn't the law of Moses. But if he said not to, then the government was going to be able to arrest him. So how does Jesus get out of this trap? Well, Jesus does what Jesus does he answered with another question. He asked for a coin. Give me a coin that you pay this tax to Caesar with. And they bring him a denarian. Now this coin would presumably have the emperor's face on it, as well as an inscription that reads, Son of the Divine Augustus. Now, having such a coin within the temple itself is against the law of Moses. So simply by producing this coin, the leaders fall into their own trap. trap. If you remember Jesus just before this, if you've been kind of reading through as we go, decided to run off the money changers and those that were selling goods in the temple. 
Well, these money changers were there to exchange the Roman money for the Jewish coins because it was illegal to have anything but the Jewish money in the church to pay your tithes with. So Jesus had ran these people off, not just because they shouldn't be doing this in the temple, but because they did it and were taking advantage of the people by charging high fees. Pulpit Fiction equated it to this week, the airport, the airport, airport money changers. My tongue's not working this morning. But the airport, airport money changers, they usually charge a high exorbitant fee to exchange your money. And that's what these people were doing. But these people that asked the questions were able to produce a Roman coin while standing in the temple. And this shows the hypocrisy of those who asked the question and the leaders who posed it. So what does Jesus say? Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what belongs to God. Now this is neither a condemnation of taxes nor a capitulation to the authorities of Caesar. It is a reminder that the coins they produce have no value in the kingdom of God. So Jesus' answer reminds the crowds that in fact, all things first belong to God. So Douglas Hare says, Jesus is not saying there is a secular realm and there is a religious realm and equal respect must be paid to each. The second half practically annuls the first by preempting it. In Jewish religious thought, foreign kings had power over Israel only by the permission of God. Tax may be paid to Caesar because it is by God's will that Caesar rules. But when God chooses to liberate his people, Caesar's power will avail him to nothing. So what is God's? This seems like a simple question. Three words, what belongs to God? Well, we know the answer to that. All things do. Everything belongs to God. So what does it mean to render all things to God? Raj Nadella has a few thoughts on this. While people pay taxes to Rome out of obligation, they pay to God because their calling and their commitment to promote an alter alternative kingdom. As Warren Carter has noticed, noted, an imperial tax can be paid without the payment being a vote of support for Rome or its ethos. Paying taxes acknowledges Romans' political power, but it's not a moral authority to rule. That moral authority to rule belongs to God, which is why Jesus quickly adds that one must pay to God the things that are due to God. So we live in a world 
and a government that we have to pay taxes to, that we have to obey the laws of the land, but we must also not let that government become our God. Jesus is telling these people that, yes, you are to obey the Roman rule because they are the ones who are setting the rules right now. But your allegiance is to God because God owns everything, including the ones who are setting the rules. But that does not mean that we are not to question their authority. The people questioned the Roman authority because of what was going on and how they were being oppressed and rejected and ruled. So we still have to ask, is this of God or do we need to stand up and fight? We live within our government, but our allegiance has to be to God. So I close with this thought from Chris Rock and Brian McLaren. The coins we carry are not all that different than the coins that the Romans carried. They have pictures of our Caesars, and the inscription, in God we trust. Yet are those words an empty promise. In what do we truly trust? We write, in God we trust, upon the God we truly trust. So who do we trust? Who do we follow? Render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. <clears throat> Our hymn of invitation this morning is entitled, Trust in You. It is sung by Lauren Daigle. Uh, so listen to the words as we this morning listen to our hearts and to God. Where is our trust? So receive now this benediction, and as we are starting to depart this place, we will again listen to God be with you from Selah. So go now to serve the living God whose image we bear. Go knowing that God goes with us. And may all our work be done in faith. May all our efforts be filled with love. So go and preserve with hope, persevere with hope that comes through Jesus the Christ. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen. <clears throat>